Welcome to episode 28 of the Parallel Physiques podcast. This week, we are talking with Robbie Jenkins. One week post amateur Olympia, she is joining us to talk about her journey up to the point at which she started training for the amateur Olympia. So, we get the backstory, we get to find out all about her, what brought her to bodybuilding, and finally, what brought her to work with Kenneth. Join us for part one of the Robbie Jenkins story, and then of course, part two will be coming next week, all about the Amateur Olympia. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to episode 28 of the Parallel Physiques podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with Kenneth and I, and her name is Robbie Jenkins, AKA Latosaurus Flux on Instagram. And she is coming to us from Australia. How you doing? I, uh, I'm doing really well. Um, super jet lagged, but outside of that, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Cause you, so how, how did that go by the way? You know, I kind of gave you some instructions to train and get some sunlight last night, you know, before the night was up and then you slept, you slept a good night, right? But are you yeah. still feeling fatigue? Like, are you still feeling that fatigue? Like the jet lag even doing what oh, yeah. you did? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it should shorten it. We went, yeah, we went and trained. So I think there is one point I was reading and I think I fell asleep for like 30 minutes and I woke up and Pete was like looking at me. I think kind of laughing a little bit. I was probably snoring. But outside <laughs> of that, managed to stay awake. And then we went and trained. We were both feeling pretty rough. So we ended up doing more of like a full body pump workout still. Yeah. But just to get moving. And then we went to the store and picked up stuff because he's doing not necessarily like a prep, but he's dieting down right now too. So went and got stuff for the week and we both admitted like feeling a little bit better after that. So we felt pretty decent last night. And then, yeah, I got a good night of sleep. I woke up at five 30 this morning here, which was exactly what I would have done at home. Um, but I was still groggy for probably like a solid three hours. Think around yeah, nine I think around. Yeah, I think you should flip it within the next couple of days. Shouldn't think should be a lot better. Yeah, I ended up I, I held off on caffeine um till about nine. And then he had like a couple different like pre workout options, some that were like heavier and some were a little easier. So I mixed one of those up and just kind of sipped on it for a little bit. So I'm starting to perk up. So listener, okay. just for clarification's sake. Um, this is a lovely vacation that Robbie gets to take after a huge prep for the Olympia, <laughs> the Amateur Olympia. So she just got done yeah. going through a very long, long phase of doing all the things that she needed to do to get her body ready to jump on stage and be the amazing, amazing person that she is on stage. Um, and we get to talk to you about, I think we're going to do a two-parter, right? So yeah. um, this is part one with Kenneth and Robbie, and we're going to talk about, so Robbie, really start off. Why don't you start off with, how'd you meet Kenneth? Like, how did all of this beautiful synchronicity occur? 
when did that happen and what happened? So I met Kenneth, um, I think it was in 2020. It was. Uh, I started going, yeah, I started going to Bull and Bear Gym. It was after the lockdown and it was the first gym in the local area that opened back up. And I was actually on prep getting ready for Junior USAs when I was still a figure competitor. And so I ran into Kenneth there. We both went there and talked a little bit. Um, but I don't think I don't think we really talked all that much. I think we had talked kind of on and off in passing, maybe. Um, yeah, I think I talked to you and your ex-husband while you were training one day, and that was about the gist of it. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think we really talked, talked till probably 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did Junior USA's in 2020. Missed my pro card by a point, I think, was what the scorecard came back as. And then. Um, and were you with the at the time, or were you kind of doing that on your own? No. So I was with a different coach. I was being coached by Devon Bartley at that point. Um I've been with him, I think I've been coached by him for about six months at that point. Um, we didn't really do like a full off season, definitely didn't do a health phase. And then I remember after the lockdown, I think it was nine weeks and he messaged me and he was like, we're going into prep. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like there's no gyms or anything open and everything shut down and so we're gonna do it now. But um we did. And uh like I said, we didn't do too bad. Like I showed up to that show probably the leanest I'd been, so still better than previous years. Um but yeah, I mean after that show I do want to interject one thing. Yeah. So this is for, this is from a coaching perspective, and this is no knock on Robbie at all, but during 2020, I went to a lot of shows. I went to a lot of national shows. The quality of competitor that showed up at the national level shows in 2020 is significantly less than what's showing up now. So mm -hmm. a lot of the people that, are, that went pro in 2020, if you follow their professional career, a lot of them have not won. Um, pro shows with the exception of like Rachel Daniels. <laughs> but other than that, um, it, it allowed for some second tier competitors to get on a national level stage and perform at a higher level than normal because of the lack of access to gyms and all the things that were going on. So that was just a little side note. And that doesn't yeah. take away from Robbie's performance, but I'm trying to draw the significance of where she's come to now. So anyway. Mm. That wasn't, it sounds like that wasn't your first show though. No. So I got back into bodybuilding. Like, so I was introduced to it while I was in college. Um, when people ask me how long I've been doing it, I only say four years because I like, let's be honest. I didn't take it serious in college. Like I would go off playing all the time. Like I'd still like drink with my friend, like, there was no professionalism in it whatsoever. It was like just dipping my toe in it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was 2019 where I'd really, really missed it. I'd 
basically stopped competing because I went to flight school and I just, I did not have the time or the bandwidth to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2019, one of the guys that I worked with, his wife decided to start competing. And so I jumped on with her coach, uh, JJ. Terrible. Um, yeah. And that's when I got back into it and I decided to do figure. So I did 2019. I think we did three shows. We did two regional shows, which I got second in both. And then we did, I can't remember if it was Junior USAs or not. I knew I was going to get my butt kicked because I was really tiny, but I wanted to go for the experience just to kind of see like what it was going to be like, what I'd be up against. Um, Got second there, actually. So it wasn't too bad. And then... After that season, I dropped just because I had a background in exercise science. And so, and Kenneth's learned this about me too. I'm going to ask you why we're doing something. And so, like, if a coach is going to tell me something, I'm going to ask, like, what the reasoning is. And it's not so much from, like, trying to be, like, a know-it-all perspective. But my whole thing is it's, like, a trust thing. Like, I'm very hard to trust people. And so, I would ask Boy. him repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, I would ask him repeatedly about certain things he was doing because stuff just didn't seem to make sense. So if it didn't make sense, but he had like an explanation, I'd have been a lot more open to it. But a lot of times he just came back with, well, that's because what I said or like, this is what works. And uh, I just decided I was going to stick with him throughout the whole season. But I think by my second show, I knew I was going to leave because he couldn't he couldn't give like a full in-depth answer. And to me, that was a huge red flag. Um, and so we did three, I did three shows with him. I dropped him, uh, my suit sponsor that I had then she recommended Devon Bartley. She had a couple girls that worked with him. So I jumped on with him and then we did two shows in 20, 2020. And then, um, I got second in junior USA's again. And so we dropped out of, we didn't do like any shows really in 2021, uh, except for one, but between the time that I competed in 2020 and by the time I competed in 2021, I pretty much had a complete mental breakdown. Um, I was in I was in like the mental ward at the hospital. I ended up checking myself in, um, and they ended up keeping me there for like a week and a half. And then I think a week after that, I got sent to 30 day inpatient at rehab for alcohol. And then I think my third week in there was when I decided, like, I didn't really think I was an alcoholic yet, but I decided I'd give it a try because it ran so rampant in my family with, like, drugs and alcohol addiction that I was like, I don't have anything to lose. And that's when things started started shifting, um, not super fast, but I got out of rehab in 2020 and then started kind of working on sobriety and stuff from there through 2021 and then I got uh kind of back on a semi-decent plan still not like anything super disciplined <clears throat> as far as like an off season or anything that I should have done with what I know now going into a prep um but then we decided to try North Americans for 2021 and so then that was the only show that Devon and I were going to do together that year which <laughs> turned out abysmal and it's really what let me 
uh, into getting to know Kenneth and working with Kenneth. So um, um, when, when you talk about your time <clears throat> that you found yourself kind of in this mental, emotional state that you were in where things just weren't going great and you're like, I just need help. I need to, things aren't well, I'm not well, I need to go find something. <clears throat> and you went into rehab you were still, I mean, you were considering yourself a bodybuilder at this point, correct? Did your coach know? Did you share with uh -huh. your coach? And what kind of response did you get in, for in terms of that? Was he trying to help you? Could he figure out how to help you? Or what was that I like? I think one of the responses was get your head in Not the game and work harder or something like that. <laughs> at least well, that was, at least that that was, was one of the things that you sent me. Yeah. Yeah, so that was in 2021 when I was back on prep, and that was more so about, like, the prep side of things. I actually I'm kind of having to think about it. It seems like a different lifetime ago, um, but no, I don't, I don't even think I told my coach about it. Like, I don't think we'd really even been talking a whole lot mm -hmm. post-show. Like, I'd done, like, the typical client thing where I kind of dropped off afterwards. So you kind of had to find your own way. Um... Uh, you had to find your own way kind of through that, through that journey of things aren't going well. I'm not an emotionally or psychologically in a great space and I'm going to figure this out on my own. Yeah. And, um, a lot of what, a lot of what led me, it led me into checking myself in was cause I actually had in 2019, like at that point I'd been dealing with, uh, like just depression and anxiety and, sometimes I still hate to like use the, use the term, but I was also dealing with like PTSD from some <clears throat> sexual trauma that happened in flight school. And so in 2019, I had an actual suicide attempt. I had gotten super, super drunk one night, uh, tried taking a bunch of pills. My ex-husband found me. Um, it was just like this big mess. And so when we talked the next morning at that point, I was in aviation. And so if we were to tell them about what happened, or they had found out about it, I would have got my flight wings completely just stripped at that point. And at that point, I wasn't sure what my thoughts were about the military, if I was going to stay in for like a career or not. Um, so we basically had made a deal that if I ever got to that point again, where it was getting that bad, that he wouldn't say anything, but I had to promise to check myself in. And so about a year almost exactly later I found myself in that same spot and so finally pulled the pulled the trigger on it and it was probably the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life <laughs> it is insanely awkward that whole entire before, experience before you jump into that I'll tell you where I was yeah. I was at Bull and Bear and I got to know Jenna Busa Jen and I would pass each other friendly in the gym and you guys had become friends and yep. it was like, you guys were training regularly together and stuff. And I think even at the time she was training for a show or something. So, um, I get a text message from Jenna that says, did you hear about Robbie? And I was like, no, what's up? And she calls me and she's like, Robbie's like, in a mental ward somewhere 
And uh, I don't think she's going to be okay. And I remember just, I mean, I, I was sitting in my office and I was like, wow, this is heavy. Um, I had never, I had never been, you know, you know, the, the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, where it's like, everybody, it's everybody's traced back to Kevin Bacon. It's like, Uh you know, it's like, for some reason, you're that person in my life. It's like, so Jenna knew you well, I only knew you sort of from the outskirts. And I didn't, I've never met anybody that checked themselves into a mental hospital at that point in the game. So it was like, it like really <laughs> sunk in, you know, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. this girl's on the verge of woo. So that was sort of my impression. And then, and then you can tell the rest of the story. Yeah. So, um, got out, got out of rehab, uh, when I got out, I think it was pretty much got out, like, while I was in, my leadership were working on getting me into a spot where I'd get approved for, like, a medical discharge. Um, and then, I mean, they were really good. Like, they were really supportive. I had a guy that worked with a brigade commander that didn't like me very much, but the guy that worked with him saw me as, like, a lieutenant before everything started blowing up so like he knew it wasn't he knew like something was wrong like he could tell like it wasn't just somebody that was trying to like get out of doing their job or something like that like he saw my performance completely 180 and just like my personality and demeanor 180 so like he knew that I was in trouble and I basically I just needed to get out like it wasn't a good environment for me so they all worked that piece of it while they sent me to rehab and um when I got out, I got picked up by like two people I'd never seen before in my life. And they're like, all right, so we're going to go here. You're going to get your gear. You're turning it into CIF tomorrow. We're taking you, um, we're transferring you to this other unit and your only focus for this next year is to get med boarded and then get out of the military. So that's what I did. And then I think it was probably three or four months after that. Um, once I got settled into that unit and gotten a little bit of a routine I started talking to Devon again and then we decided to go ahead and try to go for North Americans like I was definitely not stable like at the time I felt like I was stable but probably <laughs> yeah, probably because you, it was let me a, tell you what that is the understatement of the century <laughs> it really is <laughs> But, I mean, if you have to look at it in, like, context, it was probably the most stable I had ever been, which is terrible. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so we decided to prep for North Americans, and it was, oof. Um, It was the typical prep that you see, like, uh, very bro style, more cardio, more cardio, train six days out of seven, do cardio every single day, eventually up it to twice a day. Um, food just gets lower and lower. Refeeds weren't a thing. And I think it was finally like the six week mark. I had just, I had been stalled. And I remember my, I remember Devon messaging me and he was like, look, like we're behind. Cause he did like another like food cut. And again, at this point, cardio was just going up. Training was just going up 
training, he actually had me training six days a week and his volume and intensity were both ridiculous. So again, one of my saving graces, I think, was having a background in it. I knew it didn't make sense. So I didn't really tell him this, but I didn't do that. Like I would go train six days a week, but I wasn't doing four or five sets of like 14 sets. I would do, I think, two. So I was managing that a little bit um, to try to help. But even then, it was just, I was in such a hole. And I finally messaged him and I was like, look. Wait, wait, hang on, back up. So I think a lot of people disconnect. A lot of our listeners might disconnect that piece from actually how you feel. So a lot of times, and you know this, as coaches, we try to get people to reconnect with themselves and not just look at what's in the mirror or look at the weight on the scale or or how their pants Mm -hmm. fit. It's really about how you're feeling inside. So can you talk a little bit about, you talked about all the training and all, you know, lack of food and that. How were you feeling when you were working with him in that capacity? Oh, I was feeling miserable. Um, I felt terrible. I felt fatigued. Like my workouts didn't really feel that great at all. And then um, I was just She's frustrated. A too, zombie in the gym. I was. I think you even said that. I don't know if it was 2020 or 2021, but I remember you telling me. You and Roland, you and you and Roland were were uh, training in 2021. And you guys were talking and it was, it didn't sound good and you didn't look good at all. No. And, and it struck up a conversation between me and you guys. And it wasn't, but maybe a week later when you were like, Hey, would you take me on to finish this prep? Yeah. But yeah, you weren't looking good at all. I mean, yeah. At some point, yeah. At some point in prep, it is okay to not look good in the gym because you are grinding yourself, hopefully, to a leanness level. But when I was looking at you, you weren't lean. You just looked beat down. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the. I tried to communicate it with him because that was the thing was I was actually doing everything right at that point. Like I wasn't going off the rails or eating stuff I wasn't supposed to, or like I was actually doing the stuff I was supposed to do. It's just, we weren't making any progress. And I basically tried to tell him that. And I told him like, look, like I'm getting to the point where like, I'm not functioning and we still got six weeks to go. And that's when I got the response that you were talking about where it's like, well, I just, need you to like grind down and push harder and it's like get i don't head, know how hard get your head to yeah, yeah get your head in yeah. the game i think he said you know like you need to be stronger mentally and it's like well, okay well you clearly don't yeah. know who you're working with <laughs> yeah 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 it's like well man it's like you got me doing an hour and a half close to two hours damn near cardio so i'm like in there on the elliptical kenneth probably saw that i had a book in there every day probably yeah. a new book every couple days because i would read as I'm like on the elliptical yeah. and then I mean I would still go in and even when I was training like I wasn't um like I wasn't slacking off by any means like even though I wasn't doing four or five sets of what he wanted me to which now I'm realizing was probably saving my ass um that one or two that I did at full intensity like they were intense like I was pushing to failure and 
doing all that stuff. Yeah, um, let's let's so uh, talk- let's just sidebar this for a second and talk okay. about intensity in the gym. Whoever's listening, Robbie's intensity in the gym when she's a hundred percent is that of a crazy person. Like you're clearly <laughs> there's demons that you're fighting in your brain when you were training and you know, I won't say you're the most intense person um, that I've ever coached, but you're, you're damn right. They're near it. And uh, that's rare. Um, especially with, with what I put you through sometimes it's like, you're like, let's go. You know, it's like you, that's where you want to be. And not every girl wants to be in that place. So just yeah. know that the two sets that she decided to do all out, it's an all out that most people haven't experienced. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hit the uh, six week out mark and then his, it was a mixture of that response of not even like, he didn't even ask more questions about like how I was feeling or what was going on. It was just like a instant feedback of, well, get your head in the game, try harder. And it's like, you're, you don't even see how, like how hard I'm trying. Um, and then I was training people because I was getting out. So I was starting to train people on my own. Initially I was going to just do my own personal training business out of bowl and bear. And so I was in a training session with a client and luckily she was an EMT. So she could see it. Like I was not doing well that morning. And I think we were doing a one hour session and we got, 15 or 20 minutes into it. And I started turning green. Um, I had breakfast that morning and I just started getting super nauseous. And for me, I'm not one of those people. Like if I, if I get to the point where I'm thrown up, like I'm sick, like something's wrong. Um, I don't get nauseous easily. I don't throw up easily. Like usually if something like that's going on, it's an indicator that something's wrong. So we had to cut our training session early um, I ended up driving home and I was trying to make it cause I did not want to go throw up in the gym or anywhere in public. And I barely made it to my house. I didn't even make it inside. I got to, I got to pull into my driveway and basically as I opened the door, I just threw up everything I had eaten at all over my shoes, all over the inside of the door. And then that's when I was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't right. Like this isn't okay. And then that's when I started texting Kenneth. Um, and then I didn't, I think it was like three, three or four days later when I finally told my coach that like, Hey, like this isn't working. Like I'm switching. I mean, I'm going to switch off. Like this is why. Um, and this is what I'm going to do for the remainder of my prep. So it was probably like four days after that point where I did that, but I texted Kenneth and I was like, Hey, um, this is what's going on. Like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Like, would you possibly be willing to take me, like take me on to help me finish out the prep? Um, but she was like, yeah, I would be, but he was like, make sure that's what you want to do. Make sure you disconnect with, with your coach if that's what you decide to do. And then he was like, just take a couple days to like figure it out. Um, before you make a decision. And so that's what I did. I just told him, I said, all right. I said, well, I'm going to go to the store. And I said, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually eat for the next couple of days. And I didn't eat anything crazy. I think I told you what I got. I think I went and got like some really plain, like check cereal. Um, 
some like oats or something. Like I got clean carb sources, but I like refed myself for a couple days. Um, and then I had an appointment that following Monday morning with a guy in pharmacology. And this was for basically just like all the mental health checks. I had to meet with like a psychiatrist once every other week at a pharmacologist appointment, like every other week. And I remember sitting in there with him and he just asked me, he was like, do you really think that bodybuilding is a sport that you should be in? And I remember he said, and it, it upset me in an angry way. And it also like emotionally broke me a little bit too, but he was like, I feel like somebody with your condition and he's referring to like depression and alcoholism. Um, he was like, I just don't feel like this is a good sport for you. Like this is something that's probably not ever going to go away. And I don't think that this is helping. And so I left that appointment and I sat in my car and before I pulled out, I just like broke down and just started crying. And I'm thinking, shit, like I love bodybuilding. Like this is what I love to do. Um, like, so I can't imagine, it, like, not doing it. What is it about bodybuilding that you love so much? That you were like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's telling me not to do this anymore. So I think then, because um, it's changed between, like, that moment and now. But I think where I was at then at that point in time, it was like, the only thing that I did where I felt really like myself at all, and it was like, the only thing that I knew to do to like be able to just function with all of the crap that I had going on in my life that I still hadn't really sorted through yet. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also something that even though I was still doing it from like a mentally unhealthy mind frame, it was still something that gave me uh, it gave me structure and it gave me routine and it did something to make all the other instability in my life a little bit more stable. And I think that was what I loved so much about it. Yeah. It kind of gave you that grounding that you needed. It sounds like. Yeah. Okay. So you left. So yeah, I broke. So you left that space broke down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I broke down in my car. I think I probably cried for a good five to 10 minutes. And then I had been doing a lot of reading. Like after I got out of rehab, not just with like sobriety stuff, but I started taking up reading a lot again. And um, there was a book, I can't remember what the title was, but there was one book that I'd read. I think it was called, Re I think it was Relentless. Because I think he talked about Michael Jordan in it a lot. And then I also, my ex-husband had got me the book, The Mamba Mentality. And so I had read that too. And when I was sitting in my car, I remember thinking about it. And I remember in both of those books, you had two athletes that were like very phenomenal athletes, but it talked about a point in their journey where they were just like told that what they were doing wasn't for them. And like, they could have gave up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they had a moment where they doubted and they had a moment where they wanted to, but then they decided not to. And like, they just stuck it out and ended up going to like a completely another level. And so I started thinking about that and I was like, you know, fuck that dude. Like <laughs> he doesn't get to tell me, he doesn't get to tell me 
you know, what I can or what I can't do. Like he doesn't get to define uh, the capability of what I can achieve the rest of my life. Um, he doesn't, it's like, he doesn't get to try to make me become like another victim in society that is completely helpless and like can't come back from this and like is just stuck having an unfulfilling life because I had some bad shit happen and like I've not processed through it yet it's like no he doesn't get to do that and so I just kind of looked at it I was like you know maybe this is like maybe this is my moment that like they had like the moment where it kind of seems pretty dark and it seems pretty dire um and I could quit. I'm like, or like, I really don't feel like my gut's telling me that's what I should do. So I can just, I could stick it out and I can just make a better move. Um, and so that's when I messaged Kenneth was from my car. And I was like, I'm in, like, I'm going to switch over. Like I messaged my old coach, told him it's done. Um, and then, yeah, made this, made the switch. So, so here's a question. Why the mm-hmm. hell me? <laughs> Um, honestly, just because of the open dialogue, that was the biggest thing. Uh, it wasn't like we'd built any like trust or anything yet, no. but mm-hmm. from like the conversations and stuff that we had, like you had an open enough dialogue that like we could actually start to communicate. So it was like, sure. there is a the potential for that to exist where every other person sure. I had, it was never a discussion or anything like that. There was never the balls in your court in any decision it's this is the plan this is what we're doing whether you like it or not and like if you don't feel great work harder like this is the only way it works and you just weren't like that and it was probably because even then like I didn't know what your like knowledge was not like the fullness of it um yeah but you at least you at least spoke in a way to where it seemed like I had a bit of a voice. And then it, you also spoke in a way where I'm like, I think this guy actually has some fucking common sense. So. Yeah. I think at the time. I sure as hell didn't know what I know now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, thinking, I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm like, I, um, I would never take a client five weeks out anymore that was working with somebody else. Cause I will say I took, I took Paul in five weeks out, but he wasn't working with anybody else. Um, and he was like a blank slate and he's just a special case altogether. But, um, you know, that scenario, uh, the good Lord plopped you in my lap and I didn't know it at the time. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think I the good Lord plopped me in your lap and I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> I, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know at all what I was in for, um, in terms of even that prep. I just knew that we had this, like, I had to feed you, um, you know, kind of strategically as best I could. And this is before Austin and Austin's changed my career but I was working with John Meadows and uh, so you know, he was like, take a chance on anybody. So I think that's where my head probably was. And then yeah. um, anyway, it, it's just, it was, I remember thinking, what am I getting myself into? Cause Ryan was going into North Americans too. And then I had 
two other clients that I ended up picking up along the way that in, went into North Americans. And so I was managing four, four preps all at one time. I'd never done that before. Um, and yours, as we got close to the show, you can, <laughs> you can tell people how that went down. Cause that was, let's just say, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope there will never be another prep like that ever to exist ever again. Oh no! <laughs> you got to give a little bit of the backstory so people can understand like what was oh, going I on. I, uh, I am more than okay with letting people into my lunatic world that I had for a while. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you took me on, I think we were, I think we were six weeks out and then I sent you everything that I was doing and you completely like revamped all of it. So I think you put me down. I can't remember if it was four days or five days, but you definitely took my training down yeah. and then you actually gave me something that was kind of like what I was already doing. Cause you gave me one of, I think it was like John Meadows, like colossal yeah. workout program. Yeah. yeah. Which was, which was awesome. It was literally um, kind of the exact approach I was taking to where there wasn't tons of volume in it, but mm -hmm. there was like a couple intense sets. So like, I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I remember you started giving me a bunch of feedback and I was like, wait, what? And then I remember you pulled all my cardio out and you're like, mm -hmm. all I want you to do is you're like, I want you to go for a walk after every meal for 10 minutes. And then you took me from eating, I think six times a day down to four. I think it was five at the time, but yeah, five. you're, you're eating four now. So. Yeah. Um, so you changed all that. And I remember thinking on the one hand, I was thinking, what the hell? <laughs> but then on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, I was also so relieved that I'm like, screw it. Like I'll run with it because like this sounds way better than what I was doing. So. And you did drop. And you started. Yeah. Lo and behold. And you were getting better. I dropped. I don't remember if you have the comparison photos, but like even <laughs> before at a cortisol dump the night before the show. Even I think like it was 12 pounds. Me, I think it was yeah, 12 like pounds I, in that six weeks. Yeah, I dropped quite a bit. Um, cause like I, I wasn't anywhere near like stage lean conditioning that I needed to be, but I like, I didn't look bad. Like I remember looking back at a couple of my photos, like yeah. before Roland and I blew up. Um, but I actually looked pretty good. Like it you wouldn't have had, been a first place, but you always had really good done shape. Decent. Yeah. You always yeah. had really good shape. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we did that. So on the training side of things, stuff was going really well. Um, I think we had already potentially, I think I started thinking about women's physique a little bit, but I didn't think that I could do it because at that point I had never taken like, like I had taken like Anavar, but as far as like an anabolic, that was really like the only anabolic I'd ever taken. And so the idea of what I would potentially have to do to be in women's physique was a lot more than what I like than what it turned out to be. Um, so some of the stuff outside of like the training and nutrition that was going on um, from like a bodybuilding perspective, I was starting to debate women's physique. 
And then I had like a couple things in that six weeks happen that kind of helped change that. One was there was a guy, John Cannon at the gym. Um, and he told me that he thought I was actually meant for physique. He was like the way that you train, the way that you do things, like just your passion for it. He was like, I feel like he would fit better there. And he was like, I, he was like, I think the one thing that you're missing is he's like, you've got the shape, you've got like the desire to train and you've got all these qualities. He was like, you just don't know how good you are yet. And he was like, but once you figure that out, he was like, they better watch out. Cause he was like, it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, so he was the first person that spoke that into me. And then I think four weeks out, I went and worked at the Tampa pro. And that was the first time I ever saw a woman pose. Cause at that point, the posing, I wasn't really interested in. I just liked training the way that I did. Um, and then just personality and style wise, I just did not really fit in as a figure girl. And let's be honest, I hate heels. I don't wear them. But um, I, I don't. It's terrible. But then I remember watching this woman. I think she was a women's bodybuilder. But I think it's like Janine Lankowski or something like that. Um, but I saw her pose on stage. And it gave me goosebumps. And that was the first time I saw posing, I think, in like a really artistic way. Like most of the times I'd just seen like the really cheesy blocky. Like they go up, strike something, move around, strike something. But it was just kind of goofy and awkward looking and so like that was like another reason I was like I don't know if I could do that on stage like that just seems weird um but I saw her pose that way and I was like wow I was like that's what I want to do it's like if I'm going to compete like I want to be able to do that and make people feel that way and then she actually found me off stage and I was talking to her and she told me that I was in the wrong division and she was like you need to go into women's physique she was like you would fit better there um, so that was like the second, the second thing I heard, I think four weeks out. That you know what like I was thinking the whole in. thing? You know what I was thinking the whole time? Why is this girl case. in Tampa? Why is this girl in Tampa? Why is she traveling four <laughs> weeks out from that on national show? Like, I'm going to have to <laughs> wring her neck. This is insane. Yeah. I so actually did really well in Tampa. While, yeah. While you're, uh, you know, realizing your passion. I'm alone. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so yeah, I had I had that going. I had that going on, and then on the completely just asinine, stupid side of things, I had my poor excuse of what you would call a marriage going on. Um, that was just horrible. <laughs> Our communication had completely fallen apart um we were yeah I'll just be like super transparent and open about it uh we were we were struggling with like certain parts of our relationship and rather than go into like marriage counseling specific to us uh we decided for like a little bit we would try opening our marriage up to which then I realized (laughs) oh my gosh yeah because I realized, like, I couldn't handle it. Um, like, one, I've just never been somebody that likes to hook up with a bunch of people. Like, I've had the phases in life where, like, you go through the breakup and you have kind of like a hoe phase for a little bit. But I always just felt so awful afterwards. So it was like that didn't work. So then what happened is I ended up getting myself 
almost in like another relationship. So now it's like, I've got a marriage falling apart. I'm getting out of the military. I'm going through this prep. And now I've found like another like semi relationship and I'm feeling guilty. <laughs> yeah. Just want to say, this is how I felt during that time. I was like, what is going on? What I have never seen a shit show like this in my life. I was like, I so true. I don't think we can hold this shit together. I don't think so. And this is all I know. You did it. This is all I know. You did it. Me and Robbie are going to Pittsburgh. And she's like telling me the details. And she's like, oh, yeah. And Roland's coming with his girlfriend. And I'm like, yep. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. I remember how, that. You how is this going to go? <laughs> I was like, this yeah. is not going to go well. And, and, and Robbie's like telling me it's going to be fine. And I'm like, well, in what no. world? <laughs> wow. It's just, so, it's okay. It's like people can get some context on how like crazy and just delusional I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you want to, let's fast forward to the night before okay. the show. And let me actually, let me, let me link this together. So I get to Pittsburgh and Robbie's got an Airbnb and I've got a hotel yep. room and Robbie's like, Hey, come by the Airbnb. Come check me out. Let me see, let's see how you look. And that's not uncommon. I, I do that all the time with coaches. You know, we, as coaches, we do that. We go see our clients. We check them out. We tell them what to eat. I'm sitting there in the living room. <laughs> and Robbie, Robbie's like, hey, Roland's going to come. He's going to come back from where he's from, where he's, where he's at. And he should be here anytime. And as he rolls in, so does said girlfriend. And I'm sitting here going, oh, this is a real thing. And this shit, this shit show is going to unravel right in front of me. It's almost like I need to get popcorn, but I wanted to leave at the same time. It was like, how can I coach her coherently and be a part of this circus that's going down? Because I'm, I am not of the place where you do like that's the thing you do i'd never experienced yeah. anybody that did those things so i'm just like okay well we'll just <laughs> mm, okay so we i tell her some instructions or whatever and we just get closer and closer to the show so now we're to the night before the show mm-hmm. go go <laughs> so for the night before the show so and I can't remember if I told you this or not. I probably did, because I think at this point we'd been talking more. Something had happened like three weeks before Pittsburgh where I realized like more than likely I was gonna end up leaving my marriage. Like there was a point where I was wanting to go to like a traditional route, like other things that I wanted to happen, and it seemed like he wasn't like that just wasn't what he wanted anymore. Um so I think like three weeks beforehand, I knew it was going to happen. I can't remember if I told you about it or not, but I basically was just you trying didn't at that to time, like, no. yeah, so I was trying to just maintain the peace to get through the show. And it was like, if I can just side, side this right now, just get through these next three weeks and I can take care of this when I get home. Um, but before we left, I remember asking Roland, I said, all I need from you is one thing, 
I was like, one thing only this week. I was like, I know things have been rocky, like we've not been in a good spot, but when we get to Pittsburgh and our feet like hit the ground at the airport, whatever happens, like if something sets you off, if you get upset about something, if anything, anything happens that we can't predict, all I need you to do is tell me. And then at least for that, however long, handle it together with some humor. And like, that's just how we have to do it. And then I said, the minute I get off the stage off of finals, if we have to fight, if we have to whatever, like, I don't care at that point. But just until that point, if something comes up, tell me so I know. And that like, you're not holding it to yourself. But then promise me we can try to handle it as lighthearted as possible <clears throat> until my feet like get off of that stage. And then from there, we'll do whatever we need to do. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. And that, it, that wasn't, that, that didn't happen at all. Um, so the night before the show, uh, he did the exact opposite and I didn't know it at the time. He didn't tell me till like after everything was over and like just done. Um, but I guess his mom, that was the other part. His mom was there to even add to more crazy. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> So he had went with his mom and I guess his mom had asked him about like our marriage and if he thought like we were going to stay together or I don't know, like asked him just like a bunch of deep, stupid stuff that like she really just didn't need to ask him right now. And it had like set him off and he was upset about it. Uh, but he didn't tell me about it. He didn't say anything about it. And then later that night we were talking about something political and I think it was like right near the election and him and I were like, completely also disagreeing about like what was going on there and like he picked a fight with me like the night before the show and I mean we got into a screaming match and there was like two times before it escalated to that point where I was like this is dumb like we just need to drop it and then he would keep going and I'm like this is dumb like we just need to drop it and he kept going and then it just turned into a blowout like to the point where it was pretty much the night before the show. Like I knew, like I was, I was probably coming home, um, getting a divorce. Like once we got, once we got back to Raleigh, um, and it wrecked me, like completely wrecked me. I got so insanely stressed out. I blew up like a fucking balloon that night. It was uh, what fifteen pounds, something like that. Like I looked, it was like it was like twelve to fifteen pounds overnight. I kid, I shit you not. There is a, a it was picture insane. somewhere, somewhere <laughs> where I'm like, oh my god, all like, of the what work, happened? all the can, work. I can verify everything. that because I remember our conversation, and you were like, "No shit, Laura, she actually gained." And you said it was twelve. You're like, she actually gained twelve pounds overnight, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" You're like, "Nope, she actually." It was. Gained. It was unbelievable. I just remember being like, <clears throat> "Oh no!" All the work that we had done—it's completely <laughs> down the drain. And like, not to mention, not to mention, like I'm in this thing where I'm like. I have an insane client. Yep. This person's insane. And I've attached myself to this insane person who has her mother-in-law, her mm -hmm. husband, 
and his girlfriend all in the same room. And it's just like, like my brain has now emulsified and is leaking out of my ears. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do here. There's nothing that I can do. So this is what I say to her. You need to come here. You need to come here right now. And I fed her cortisol by Matt Porter, rest in peace, like it was candy. And Morphicom for Morphogen Nutrition. Thanks, Morphogen Nutrition. High five. I wish you could sponsor the show because this is where we use your products. But I'm telling you right now, we, I think I brought her down to like, I don't know, five, five pounds over what her weight was before or something like that by the time we got her on stage. And, and to get to wrap that part up, because, you know, I want to get to the other parts, but we get on stage. Not only does Robbie bomb it and get last place, but essentially bomb, Ryan, uh, you know, essentially Ryan Farida does at the same time. So it's like, now I am, I'm literally second guessing my entire coaching career. I'm like, the only saving grace was at the time, Lynn, you remember Lynn, Lynn got second place and missed her pro card by like one point that, that, that prep. And I had all, I picked her up like, I don't know, 15 days out or something. It was crazy. So anyway, long story short, it was a, it was a bomb. And after the, after the show was kind of like, what do you want to do, Robbie? And she was like, well, let's see what we can do, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, okay. And so I don't even remember when we kind of got circled back around, but you, you disappeared for a little bit yeah, and then came and then came back and then we'll pick up now rolling into 2020, which can we just say, glad that year's over. Wow. That rolling, year into, was rolling into, into, for the, rolling for into the 2021. Yeah. yeah. No, that's no, no, no. Roll into 2022. That's what I mean. So yeah. from 2021 into 2022, really rough year for me and Robbie both personally. And like, wow. Like you just go from like, like give, give the high points of like kind of where you were mentally, where you were with me as a coach how our relationship sort of evolved. I realized at the time Robbie needed to go into health phase for maybe forever, you know, cause she just, <laughs> she, I mean, like it was just like, we got to do a gut health protocol on her. And I don't even know if it's going to work. I don't even know. Like, wow. I don't know. So well, then it, now you can a pick, long time. So, so now you can, <laughs> you can pick up, you can pick up where I left off. Yeah, so we had we basically had like a heart to heart conversation on the couch in his hotel room eating cold pizza. Mm. And uh came out of that came out of that conversation realizing that like if I wanted to compete either I had to get out of the situation I was in or um it had to get it had to get fixed. And so had the conversation um ended up getting yelled at and so I was like all right I'm done and so into 21 I sold the house got the uh like divorce started got out of the military found like some cheap like the cheapest apartment I could find in Raleigh sold all my shit and like settled into this really dumpy like 
Kenneth can attest to it, like this dumpy studio apartment. Um, and I was, I was not okay. I was not okay at all. Um, like it was just, I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I succeeded at anything. Like I had to get discharged out of the military, lost my marriage, lost my house, lost most of my stuff and then lost my show. I didn't even really know, like, like shit, maybe I wasn't meant for this kind of deal. But, um, it was really like, it was the only thing that I had. And it was the only thing that I act like I still actually loved. So took a, took a couple months, November, December, just to kind of like let everything settle. And then in, I think probably January is when I circled back to Kenneth and we started trying to do like the health phase, which was hard too, because it was a very, like, I, I still think that, yeah, it was a very different approach. It wasn't something like even now in like the last couple of years, you're starting to hear it a lot more in bodybuilding. And I think at that point it was like just starting to kind of become a thing. Oh, it was opening. not. I mean, I will say like, the only person doing it was Austin. Yeah. And like at so that I, point, I didn't even understand like having, having to have the mental stability to even to go into that thing. So like, here yeah. we are most broken human on the face of the planet at the time. And I'm like, let's go <laughs> do the hardest thing you can do. And she's like, <laughs> okay. Right. So poor, <laughs> poor, poor coaching on my part. But like, I also, and, and this is, this is honest truth outside of all of the insanity and all the things that were going on, I saw something in Robbie. There was something in her that like, I was like, man, if I could just bring that out of her, if I could just bring whatever I see, whatever that little shadow of the person that you are essentially today, if I could just draw it out of her, then she can be something really special. And so like, that's what the, that's what the thought, the thought process was. It was like, maybe if I could just fix her gut, she'll be, she'll not be insane. Right. And it'll be like, it'll be great. And essentially, if we could just, yeah. Yeah. If we could just fix her brain, then maybe we could actually get her gut a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will say this all along the way, uh-huh. I had sort of these sidebar conversations with people in the gym because, you know, as if if anybody follows Robbie, she's very transparent on social media. And if you go all the way back to 2022 and 2021, like there's some darkness there. Like there's some stuff that you're just like, okay, there's some real transparent moments that should only be shared with Jesus, but we've decided to show it on social media. So now I have people coming up to me going, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who is the, like this girl has fell off the crazy cliff and just hit every rock on the way down. And I just, I sat there and I'm like, you don't know Robbie. You yeah. don't know her. You don't see what I see. And every step along the way, that's, that's, that was my position, but it was more of like a frustration. Sometimes it was just like, I see this girl in there trying, trying to get out. And it was like this internal battle constantly that was going on. So that was my perspective on, on most of 2022. But you sort of had some, 
epiphanies along the way. And then we, mm-hmm. we broke up for a minute too. Yeah. So. Yeah, we did. I think our first, our first big conversation in 2022, and we've talked about this multiple times is like, you had the garden of Eden conversation with me and like, that was huge. I think that was like the first like pivotal, like seed that was planted. And that was where you're explaining how like in today's society, especially in America, it's like, we try so hard to do all these things and accomplish all these things. And, um, but we don't ever ask ourselves like why, like why we're doing it. And if that actually aligns with like what we want and like what makes us happy. And like, if that's actually kind of our purpose or whatnot. And so you had told me, he was like, I need you. Cause he was like, you're a Christian. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, do you think that this is like God's intention for how you're supposed to be living your life? And I was like, no. Um, so he was like, so this is what I need you to do. He was like, I need you to find your Eden. He's like, I don't know what that is or what that looks like, but he was like, I need you to find it. And so that was what I started trying to do in 2022. I, uh, I slowed everything down. Um, I had a job at a gym training, but I only took enough hours to make sure I could pay for all my bills, bodybuilding and save a little bit. And then anything else like financially, it wasn't a thing. I wasn't buying clothes. I wasn't going to do stuff. Like it was literally work, bodybuilding, and then finding things that I like to do. Like that's when I got into posing. So a lot of my free time was like exploring that, which ended up being a really cool thing. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of navigated through 2022. I still struggled with the gut health approach because it was just so new. And then again, like I'm really hard to like, it's really hard for me to trust people. And I think when we broke up, I think I like how we say like broke up, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think what happened when we like, quote unquote, broke up, um, is it was just like, I had never been stepped into the functional realm. Like I was so used to Western medicine and only talking about medications from like a doctor and not from somebody from like a functional or like coaching perspective or anything like that. So I was having to break all the stereotypes of how I even looked at like medicine and health um, as well. And so not understanding that, I think like I was starting to question things too. Cause it's like, I knew you knew what you were doing and like, I knew you were a coach, but then it's like, when you're talking about like, we can get this antibiotic or this medicine or whatever. And I'm thinking the wait, like, you're not like, you're not a doctor. And so then like that whole like mental battle, like freaked me out for like a little bit too. And then I think the other part of it too, is just like where we were at. Like I was still, I was almost there. I was like, I think right before my turning point, but like communication wise, I think you were just going through so much personal shit. And oh, I was going gosh, through so was, much personal yeah. shit that like, it was like our own trauma was like bumping heads oh, as like yeah, a coach and sure. a client. And so I think I even told you, like, when I stepped away for a couple months at the end of 2022, I was like, I don't think that this is like anything against what you're doing. Um, But I was like, I think we're just both literally in a spot right now in our personal lives that like, we're just not making a good coach client match. Like, we're just we're Mm -hmm. not the communication, the trust the like all that stuff, for whatever reason. And I was like, I don't think it's any fault 
of anything we did. I think it's just like where we're both personally at. Like, I just don't think we're good at each other. Like, good for well, each other. Well, I was also, moment. I mean, I'll, I'll say, I'll take some credit here. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, I was not even half the coach I am today. Right. Not yeah. even close. And so just from a leadership perspective, I wasn't, I wasn't showing up the way that I should have. And it, it had a lot to do with my personal stuff, but it also had a lot to do with, I mean, what you taught me all of 2022, what you taught me in 2021, what Ryan Farid has taught me, what, I mean, every single client I have, what I've really realized is, you know, every opportunity I have to talk with my clients, they're teaching me something. And because of what you were going through, what I was going through from a personal perspective, you know, in parallel, there was just a lot of things being worked out in me. And it took that, what, two months apart yeah, for me to get, some, to get some clarity. And then, you know, I'm looking at the clock here and we're, we're running a little over what, what we typically do. So what I want to do is leave a little cliffhanger for people right. and we can pick this up pick this back up because i think when we start talking about prep it won't take as long as our backstory but so robbie i'm i'm posting something on social media right trying to do my coaching thing trying to be better about posting something and i post something on my story <laughs> and i get a message and it's like it's like you ever go fishing and like you see the bobber and the bobber's like, beep, you know, just kind of just a little nibble. <laughs> and it was like, Hey, how are you doing? Or something like that. And I'm like, I'm good. Hope you are. And like, I, like I was sort of postured, like my door was still open, but I was like, I don't know what kind of crazy she's bringing. She's coming with this. Right. And then this, this is the next statement. She says, I miss you, dude. Can I come back? And I was like, let's get on the phone. And so we get on the phone and she basically tells me, my coach doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't, she doesn't know how to read blood work. I have no idea what we're doing. And this is what it, this is what it looks like. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a mess. Let's, let's, let's get back together. But if we're going to do it, we're going to do it my way. No questions asked. We're going to do it my way. And so yeah. Robbie's like, let's fucking go. And so that's where we're going to stop for right now. Yep. And then we're going to pick this back up. We're going to tell the rest of the story. And really, guys, girls, 2023 has been the best year for Robbie and I. And I'm proud of her. And I'm going to hold it together. But <laughs> the next part's even more fun. So. Oh, yeah. Laura. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Robbie, thank you so much for coming on. I know that you're, you know, in Australia. You're supposed to be having a good time relaxing and doing all the things. Um, but thanks for coming on the show. We will have a part two. So keep that in mind. That's coming up. Um, really excited to hear about the, the last year, like Kenneth said about kind of everything coming together. Cause you know, it's, 
I just, I love that we're doing this in two parts because it's just like everything in life, right? It seems as though everything has to get broken down to the point where you don't know if you can put it back together in order to be able to rise from that debris and the crumbling and the, just like the phoenix comes out of the ashes, right? We have to kind of rise up. And it seems as though what we're going to hear next is how amazing that rising up from those ashes in 2023 was for you guys. So everyone, please make sure that if you have questions, you can certainly ask us questions, drop them in the comments, drop them wherever you can DM us. Um, if you have questions you want us to ask Robbie about her latest prep that she's done and everything that's upcoming, anything we missed that you would like to ask about this show we can certainly answer those in the next ones and of course you can follow all of us on instagram all of those things will be in the show notes for you um, to find us share us like us subscribe and definitely come back for next time thank you kenneth thank you robbie thank you. you guys have an amazing relationship yeah. i'm excited to continue to watch it grow we'll see everybody on the next episode